Anoche, otra vez yo soñé contigo Presenta. Soñaba que me devoraba Y la cama era testigo Y no me importa que yo sea mayor que usted Bienvenidos a Radio Menea I'm Miriam Soyla Pérez And I'm Veroy de Ti Flores And we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love And this week we've got some new music for y'all Yeah, we have a little bit of a new music episode with this one, which is kind of like a new slash throwback. <laughs> yeah, there's some interesting Pérez. things. Um, so, yeah, this is Mayor Que Usted, and it's Nari Natasha, Daddy Yankee, and Wisin Yende. Let's take a l- another listen. <laughs> and was like oh this is great i love the <laughs> i love all the, the like early reggaeton references and so super feeling references. it right i mean i definitely the intro i definitely recognize but there's more right it's not just that one song that they're yeah yeah so like this is really funny because this is like we see yandel is on this track and daddy yankee's on this track and they're like clearly referencing mayor que yo which is a track that they were on on like mass flow too like in 2000 or some shit right and but like they also start with like um with a lyric from an earlier we see yandel song right. called, I I think it's called Ahora es. Uh-huh. and yeah. so it's like they're all like referencing themselves it reminds me of like <laughs> jayla wearing her fucking green dress and bringing it up every time it's just like i'm right. a legend let me reference myself right 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 yeah but they're not mm. wrong and i was really happy to hear it so no, no, they're they're not. But then they brought no. her back. They brought her in, who's like a new voice in reggaeton, to kind of yeah, not date it. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. other thing that I think is also a little bit of a reference or that I can hear is in the production. It's very like um, it's very Looney Tunes. So Mayor que yo was on Maslow, which was like a Looney Tunes, um, produ- Looney Tunes the producers. Um, mixtape and looney tunes who are dominican from massachusetts were really a lot of the innovators of like the bachata sound mm. and a lot of like in merengue and like a lot of those dominican sounds in um in reggaeton like into uh-huh. incorporating those right. and you can hear that in this track too and looney tunes are not the producers on this but it feels like a reference to that to, to the production on that, which, you know, Mayor Que Yo also, what was produced by Looney Tunes, did have those bachata guitars. So it's like multiple levels, like both yeah. like lyrically, sonically. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the I love the sound for sure. So you have feelings about the lyrics? You were I do have feelings this. about the lyrics because the, so I really love the first song because it's like, the first song is like this like young kid singing to an older woman being like a mi no me importa que 
usted sea mayor que yo, you know, she's like, mm -hmm. I don't care, you know, like, girl, like, I don't care, you're older than me, and that feels like a very different power dynamic than what's yeah. happening here, which is this woman saying, I don't care that I'm younger than you, which to right. me is just like, okay, that's gross, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> not well, like that typical. it can't be gross the other way around, you know, like, I right. definitely, like, had a summer where there was, like, a 23-year-old in my neighborhood who, like, was so insistent and kept trying to, like, hit, and I was just like, my sweet summer child. <laughs> I remember that. I remember Find that. somebody your own age. Yeah, you know? right, 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 like, right. Yeah. Like, you are very cute. Like, I'm sure there are many girls your own age who would like to, right. you know, be involved with you. Right. But, like, so I'm not saying it can't be fucked up that way because there can be abusive dynamics in any direction. But it just seems like a little bit less upending of normative power dynamics that happen among men and women. Right. So but, that feels like a little right. more disappointing. I get you. But like Nati Natasha is literally like, what, 20 years younger than these guys, you know? So like it would have been kind of funny for her to sing in the other direction. It, yeah. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. And she's she also grown. You know? Que yo. Yeah. But she's not. Yeah. She's not a child. She's but... also like very grown. My guess these... is that she's like, you know. In our thirties, you think so? I don't know. Maybe not. Let's look this up. But either I don't way, trust the Wikipedia. Maluma's Wikipedia says that he's like twenty-four. I'm just like, yeah, one mm. of your toes is fucking twenty-four. What <laughs> the funny. fuck? I do not believe that. Okay, no, you're I right. I feel like she's Maluma's 35. personally lying to me. She's thirty-five. You're right. So yeah, she's she's grown, but these men are still a good yeah, decade yeah, yeah. Plus They're older like, than her. Yeah. Closer to 50, probably. Right, yeah. Although they look good. They look great. Oh, yeah. I want to know Daddy Yankee skincare routine. Drop it. <laughs> I feel like if Daddy Yankee drops a skincare, like, fuck J-Lo. Like, yeah. I want Daddy Yankee skincare routine. <laughs> I mean, isn't any of these people's skincare routine, I'm really fucking rich? Yes, that is it. It's I'm <laughs> I mean, really fucking rich. I have access to really great treatments, and I get plastic surgery and Botox yeah, and like fillers. It's not, there's no secret. You know, they're not buying like some ten dollar cream that's gonna change. Also, your skin looks great, so don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, the other thing that I find funny about this is the use of usted, and I think that might just be because I, I grew up very in a very like to environment you know like i wasn't yes. using usted with anybody because i was only hanging out with my family and you don't yeah you know generally use usted unless it's like a like my mother always uses used it with her suegra right like if if it's like mm. a mother-in-law or something then you use usted but i never used it and so it always sounds kind of funny to me um in this sort of context yeah 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 it's a very cultural like colombians use usted yeah so yeah, much totally. like like uh -huh. like the, my colombian friends use usted for like their mom uh -huh. you know like weird? they call their mom so weird it's so weird uh, to me like I, I think it's like a little bit more caribbean to use to use do for yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. you know I like agree. i agree i use yeah i i use usted very little um unless of course it's like an elder somebody that i don't know you know right. like whatever yeah um yeah but it's funny i i don't know because nothing natasha's dominican so i don't know what the deal is might with have a, might have more to do with um like the syllables and it just sounding better yeah yeah because usted has Actually, two syllables probably. versus yo yeah you know but yeah it just it seemed funny to me especially because you're talking to someone that you're sleeping with theoretically you know and like yeah right, I mean, right. like there's got to be some level of trust there like if i'm sleeping with right. you like you're getting a two 
I mean, I guess the Usted could be some sort of funny, like, formality. Ooh, like a fun power dynamic situation? Yeah, like a, like a, yeah, like a <laughs> formality kink or something. I don't know. But yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't learn to use Usted properly until I went to Ecuador because that was where then I was in the context where I, I was living with these two elders, you know, who were grandparents who were like my host family or whatever. So, like, I had to learn to mm. use Usted pretty quickly because yeah. it was not yeah, appropriate yeah, yeah. to, you know, you know i had to use yeah. that but um but yeah it's it's true i think the caribbean tends to be much more informal um mm-hmm. but yeah it's just such an interesting like subtle language dynamic that doesn't exist in english right yeah there's not like a formal usted yeah I don't <laughs> in think english. There's a, yeah i don't think there's a two said thing and so but yeah it's, it's yeah. a really subtle thing but it it matters a lot in terms of it like does. i remember my mom correcting me when i was younger when she maybe introduced me to someone who was older and I used the two or something like she never really explained it to me, but I know that it was like, it still wasn't appropriate in all contexts, but it was just that most of the people I was hanging out with were my family. And so then in the family context, it's fine. Um, Although in the mother-in-law context is not, which I think is interesting because it's like my mom and and my grandmother were very, very close their entire, her entire life. Mm -hmm. But my mom always used usted, you know, and it's just like it, but I guess it's like, it's not necessarily about intimacy. It's about respect. Yeah. Yeah. Know? It's not. It's about like respect and, you yeah. know, and, like, which obviously you can respect people that you get to, you know, right. But, you yeah. know, but yeah. So anyway, yeah. one of these things that I've always like paid a lot of attention to because I grew up in a context where we, my mom's never used it. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is probably more about the lyrics and the sonic, like the way it works. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. What's your first song? My first song. So I do have to say I brought Villano Tiano to the last new music episode, but I have a really good excuse for bringing her again. This is a song called Mujerong. It's dope. It's Villana with Spanish rapper Petaceta. Let's take a listen. Esa nena una jevo mujerón, esa nena una malvada tiguerón. Sufrí por macho, esos son problemas de fea. Ella se viste bien heavy pa' que la vean. Esa nena una jevo mujerón, es clase aparte, ya no es de las del montón. Y no se deja de ningún jodido lambón, so si tú quieres bailar, la guarache a su son. No le paro la. Yo la tiro y la batea, si tu puta se pela, yo la piro y me gatea. Estoy soltando barra, tu reino se tambalea. Y si tú quieres, pide más. Tira gato que no vale nada. Ese culo me motiva más, tú dejas que lo pique. Está pa' subir una foto de ese cuerpo todos los weekends, está frique. En la cara y que salpique, voy a darle follow a tu jevo pa' que se flipe. Parece banda sonora como esta locomotora, te da dura hasta que grite. Esa nena una So I did bring La Villana to the last show, uh, pero I wanted to talk about a few things relating to them. And also, Villana is on fire. She's excellent. Um, 
This uh, track is featuring a queer Spanish rapper um, called Petaceta. We don't usually bring people from Spain, but you know, if they're collabing with our Puerto Rican brethren, then we'll allow it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, does, um, does Viana go by Viana sometimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People okay. call her a lot. So, like, her artist's name is Villano Antillano, mm-hmm. but people call her La Villana. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, Petaceta is a great name. It's a great name. It, just, it has a great... <laughs> I just, I enjoy saying it, Petaceta. It's just good. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I mean, there's a lot of queer greatness here, which I think is a really dope thing that La Villana has been really on it you know like she's really on spreading queer greatness lately with her visa session that we brought last time to the last new music episode and um you know she was at bad bunny's trolley show in san juan um and part of what i wanted to talk about is this infamous beso that she had with la toki which Mm -hmm. has created so 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 much controversy god I know. It's Here so fucking wild. It's so wild to me that like, so Villana and um, Doki kissed at this show that they did in San Juan. And that seems like, okay, fairly like sounds on brand mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. But like people are being such prudes about it. Like there's like these like, I don't know, like conservative elements or whatever commentators and people online who are just like cannot stop obsessing about it and are actually like losing their minds about it, which um, I, I was surprised because yeah. to me, like of all of Tokicha's antics, this feels pretty tame. Right. She's like literally been talking about making out with women her entire career from like when she was like a little underground rapper in DR to like now that she's a much more prominent figure like and that's like one of the tamest things that she talks about in her lyrics right so it doesn't seem like okay like you kissed a woman on stage like it seems like el periódico de ayer you know <laughs> like who right. cares right but like i think that something about kissing villana like about her kissing a trans woman is short-circuiting something in people's brains where it's just like too much they can't they can't handle it like they can't hang like they're getting like death threats like over this kiss like people are losing their fucking minds and it's just like like do you think i don't know i don't know if she'd kissed a cis woman do you think it would have been less controversial I mean, I have to believe so. She's been kissing cis women in all of her videos. Right. Like, what I mean, and not that, like, Doki is a controversial figure, right? Like, there are a lot of people on the, you know, like, the DR and the Caribbean is, has a lot of, like, has its conservative strain, you know, like, and there is a lot of pearl clutching that has happened around Tokicha already. Like, so this is not, like completely new but i think that like the level at which people are freaking out about this kiss i think has everything to do with villana being a trans woman and i don't think that people know how to understand it it's like i think that people are like this woman is trans it's like you transitioned out of being a man but now you're still kissing like i don't think that like i think the concept Um. of like 
you know, like a trans right. queer person like trans or like a trans woman, lesbian, woman, lesbian <laughs> is like too far. Like they don't. <laughs> I don't know. Like, they don't understand that gender and sexuality are two different things. Right. You know? Um, that can operate hand in hand, but don't have to. Um, and I think it's just, like, too much for people, for some people to handle. And um, it's, I don't know. It's, like, yeah. created something of somewhat of a fever pitch with people freaking out about it, which is, I would never have been able to predict it. Like, I saw the footage of the kids, and I was like, oh, cute. You know? Like... Right. Next, you know. Yeah. It's confusing because it's hard to know what's going through the minds of these people if they're like, because if they're like true transphobes, then in some ways they wouldn't even acknowledge that it was like a lesbian kiss. They would just see it as like a straight kiss in some way, you know, but obviously Viana's like gender presentation. I don't know. So it's, yeah, there's a saying when you're in someone else's head, you're out of your mind. Like, we don't know what mm. they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of logic that's yeah. um, driving. It's a bigotry. Yeah. Yeah, driving <laughs> driving this. So, I am. Yeah, like I feel like even if I try to understand, it's a little bit um, pointless. But yeah, um, I feel like this kiss is also the context in which um, Bad Bunny, who had his concert at Yankee Stadium last weekend, and there was a performance for, like, the MTV Video Music Awards from Yankee Stadium. Um, And during that performance, he, like, kissed a girl, and then he kissed a man. And, um, you know, when I first saw that, like, I wasn't thinking about this whole, like, Toki Villana kiss controversy. Um, and I was like a little bit annoyed about it, like about the kiss, because like, I was just like, unless you're by Bad Bunny, like, unless you're going to come out, like, I don't need this, you know, like, I don't this, whatever, like, to me, it it does nothing for me, you know, like, come out or like, be an ally in like other real ways, like you kissing a dude to as a show of something like doesn't do much for me. But then I was reminded that this was all happening in this same context, Um, especially like because the show was in San Juan, it was in Puerto Rico. So I think that there's a lot of people in Puerto Rico that are freaking out. Um, And obviously Bad Bunny is very Puerto Rican and very connected to La Isla. So um, in that sense, it like sort of softened it for me. Like, okay, like you're here to like show solidarity over like a specific person that you also like have a relationship with. Right. Like he brought Villana out at his show. and um and so like that softened it for me a little bit but i was so curious to hear about what you thought about this kiss yeah so he wasn't at the vmas he was in his own concert and it was a live thing or it was like recorded yes it was was live live. it was live transmission from so like yeah Yeah. people were at the concert at that time at yankee stadium Yeah. yeah yeah um I didn't have like a negative reaction, like the, the way that you did of just like, like, I don't, I don't, I mean, like, I still think it's, um, a gesture of solidarity and a gesture of kind of trying to destigmatize mm-hmm. homosexual behavior or like mm-hmm. same sex behavior. And so, and I feel like it's in the vein of other stuff he's done, right? Like some of his fashion choices, although, you know, you made the point when we were talking about this earlier that those are more like, you know, those are more aesthetic choices that are not about him. They're less of like a put on maybe, you know, because it seems like it's part of his fashion versus this maybe being more of like just a gesture. Um, yeah, we were talking earlier right. about like how 
people are also having this conversation about Harry Styles, like wearing dresses and stuff and like, you know, and what it means. And to me, Bad Bunny, like wearing a skirt, like it says, it's always said something different to me because it's not like when you see Harry Styles in a dress, it's always like he put on his girlfriend's dress and it's like sort of like off kilter and doesn't fit right. Whereas like... (laughs) You know, Bad Bunny is, like, wearing a garment that is for him. Like, it's, like, a fucking, like, kilt or something. Yeah, utility kilt or something, That's, like, Mm -hmm. you know, that, like, okay, that's, like, a garment for a man. It's just that we've coded skirts as for women. You know what I mean? Like, Right, he's he's not exactly, he's not cross-dressing, right? Yeah, he's not cross-dressing. He's just, like, wearing a skirt, and he's, like, I'm a man, and this is a skirt that I'm wearing, you know? Yeah. But So the first thought I had when I saw the kiss was actually, like, I hope this was planned and consensual um, because the idea of him just like pulling some dancer in to kiss um, (laughs) of any gender, you know, but particularly, you know, somebody who may then be labeled as queer if he might not be. Um, But when I watched it a second time, it looked very choreographed. So I think it was all very planned, um, which to me implies consent. That didn't even cross my mind. That didn't even cross my mind. I was like, that's obviously part of the choreography to me, you know. I think because it felt it so, like, yeah. the, the way that it was being, like, um, talked about seemed so spontaneous or something. But then mm, I, you know, I looked back and mm. I was like, oh, no, this wasn't, this oh, wasn't no, that spontaneous. that would be not great. And it's not like I think as a dancer you'd have a lot of agency to say no to kissing Bad Bunny. But hopefully yeah, <laughs> um, it was consensual. So, yeah, that was actually my first thought. But I did not know about this context with Tokisha and Viano. And so, yeah, that makes it seem more like a solidarity act, which I think just makes it more meaningful than just some random decision to, I mean, it's like, I feel like straight celebrities, like Madonna's kiss, right? Like straight celebrities kiss same sex people all the time as sort of like whatever. I mean, I don't actually know if Madonna identifies as straight, but um, you know, like it's not a new thing, but I do think it's, it's for it's cis man to do it is a different, um, a sense of different message. Cause like straight women kissing each other has always been sort of like, of interest to like the you know straight gays but men kissing each other is very much like oh no homo you know so right 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 and it's sort of also like a one drop rule situation with Mm -hmm. men and queerness where it's just like right you know there's no going back there's no going back or something right but women who kiss at a party or whatever aren't gay yeah Right, which is insulting to queerness, to, like, you know, lesbians and, like, queer women because it's, like, you're not taking our sexuality seriously. Right. You know, like, it's just, like, you're actually, like, this is not actually serious. You could not possibly be really emotionally invested in each other, you know? I definitely had a friend in college who I assume still identifies as straight, I think is married. We haven't stayed in touch, but she used to kiss me when she was drunk. And would, like, make out with me when she was drunk. And it was very strange, sort of. Like, I was very confused by it. Um, Because I was out. Yeah. I wasn't, like, at that time. So, I don't know. I don't usually mess with straight women. But that was a rare exception. I mean, I wasn't really... She was the one making that happen. I wasn't trying to make moves on her. Right, right, right. (laughs) While she's drunk, you know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know. Interesting. I mean, yeah. And then I think the last piece is, like, the VMA context is an American audience. Very much so, you know, and like obviously mm-hmm. Puerto Ricans are part of the U.S., but it's an American audience and like not like a Latino specific audience. And um, and yeah, the concert in Puerto Rico is a different audience because it's on the island. Oh, mm-hmm. and and the thing that I did like um, what was circulating after the VMAs was his speech, his acceptance 
speech around getting artist of the year. Um, and he had a really sweet little piece where he talked about how everyone thought, you know, he always knew that he didn't have to change the language he spoke or change his name or change anything about him to be successful. Um, and I think that, yeah, he really did defy a lot of people's, I think, ideas about what he means to cross over. Um, and he's yeah. just one of the most popular artists in the world. And he spe- he sings in Spanish and he, you know, is very much himself. He has not done a lot to assimilate in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like a lot of Puerto Rican pride, which I think is really sweet. Yeah. Very sweet. I love it. Love to see it. This is a meaty episode. We've got a lot of like good things to talk about. I know. Including I know. this next one, which is a controversy. So um, this is my pick. It's from a new Selena album. Oof. And this song, I know. And this song is called Dame Tu Amor. And it's the cumbia version. Let's take a listen. posthumously by her family um it's been getting a lot of criticism because the what they did was they used audio technology to age her voice on these new versions of some of her original classics including this one so i don't know if you could hear it um in the track but she has like a deeper voice they like changed the octave of her voice somewhat i think to try to imitate what aging would sound like on her voice yeah yeah i could a little bit here yeah yeah Yeah. i could a little bit here although it's yeah i'm not really i haven't put a lot of thought about how people's voices change as they age necessarily like i'm not a person who like follows like singers in that way you know like obviously i love you know music and singers are part of that but i'm not like you know some people like really know about singing you know like the voice as an instrument Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't know that much about that. So right. I, you know, it's like, yeah, I guess people's voices maybe get like deeper yeah. as they age. Like you can't like do like the high tones as much, maybe like um, the high pitches. Uh, but yeah, it's, this is just very strange to yeah. me. This whole endeavor is right. very strange. Yeah. It feels morbid to me and like mm-hmm. kind of the audio version of those um like have you seen me like milk carton ads 
where they'll like oh age one of those children who was like missing since they were young to try and imitate what they look like now. It kind of feels like, like that. Yeah, or like you know, it also gives me some of it gives like those like holograph performances mm-hmm. or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just like let these people rest, man. Like I know, I don't know. Selena's family is like cannot let that girl be at peace no i mean they and you know the trauma of like having your child murdered you know it's like i can't speak to that but um but yeah fans have been like why couldn't you just release like some deep cuts or uh you know unreleased versions of audio like there's got to be stuff in her catalog that has not been released rather than what they did which was like basically trying to create new hits which to me feels a little bit like a money game you know um, I mean, it's all a money game. I guess so. The yeah. shows, the right. everything, like it's yeah. all a money game. Yeah. So I guess some of the articles I read about were talking about how, you know, part of why they did this instead of that, of like releasing things that were recorded when she was alive is that the quality of recordings has changed so much so that those things wouldn't really be comparable to like the high quality audio that we're used to now. Wow. And so they wanted to like create something that was more comparable to what is out now, which is why they did this weird like studio remastering of these tracks and changing her voice and stuff. But yeah, it feels, it feels strange. And also it's like, it's like you're trying to let her age without like letting her sound evolve. I don't know. It just feels weird. Cause they're just the same. It's all songs, really strange. You know? Honestly, if I was an artist and I had like, a deep bench of unreleased tracks that I personally chose not to release for whatever motherfucking reason. I would be so tight if after I died, like people went back through like my folders of shit that I decided wasn't good enough for everybody else and started putting that shit out. Mm. Like I would be so pissed. I don't know. Maybe other artists would feel differently, but like it happens a lot, you know, like I think, Yeah, it happens yeah. a lot, but I would, I don't know. I think you have to have like a will or something that. Yeah, if I, if I was a, a person who did that, who but of course she was in that industry, I would definitely write that right. shit in my will. But she was so young. Do like, not. Why would she have a will at that age, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, people write shit in their wills and then people disrespect it. But I would like it yeah. at least to be known that I did not <laughs> right. approve. That was putting know? it out right now, y'all. Right <laughs> Don't now. Dig through if her I ever... art archive or her anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if I ever make a creative pursuit that I didn't release out into the world, not that anybody will care. But <laughs> leave it alone. Should there become a reason why people right. care, I do not want it. <laughs> No posthumously posted Riley Minnette episodes, I promise. <laughs> so morbid. So morbid. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there might be some Selena fans who are just happy to have new content to engage with, you know, um, and that feels good. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not part of that, like, hardcore Selena crew. I didn't grow up listening yeah. to her, you know, so I can't speak yeah. to that experience. But there's definitely some people who are, like, a little bit pissed about this. Yeah, I think that there are also... Uh contingent of hardcore selena fans who are upset about all of the posthumous mining of selena that's been happening right so yeah there probably is a set of fans who is excited to hear Mm -hmm. new things from her and there's also a set of fans who are like let her be at peace yeah no totally totally i wanted to ask our our friend fabi fav about how he felt about this but i didn't have a chance before we got on this episode so Fabi if you're listening let us know what you think but 
no. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. He's very busy with his art career now. He's just like all yes. over the place. So. Yes, I love, love it to see I know. It's him so good. Thrive. It's so good. Also, he has long hair now, which I'm digging. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm going to LA in October, so I'm going to hit him up. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. So your next one is an unexpected um, pick for us because she doesn't usually make it to our show. So tell us about this one. Yes. So this is an unexpected pick and it's not even that like I'm so crazy about this, but I just want to talk about the fact that Kelman Duran produced this and I am so excited. Um, This is Beyonce. I'm that girl. Let's take a listen. I pull up in these clothes, look so good. Cause I'm in that hole. You know, all these songs sound good. Cause I'm on that hoe. I know. What a fucking come up, yeah? Right. For Kelman? Yes. So I brought Kelman Duran to the show before for his own music. Um, But, like, I just am so surprised and pleased to see him producing for Beyonce. Like, just, that's so cool. Um, I, um, I think that maybe what I brought of his was um i got really into his um 2019 album two sons mm-hmm. um it's so beautiful i also loved like his album in 2020 called um night in tijuana 2021 maybe um but he just does these like sprawling electronic tracks that are really melodic and strange and beautiful and i am really into it and um I am so curious to see how he came on the radar of Beyonce's team. Um, so, but good for him. I'm so fucking happy. Um, this is definitely more me being happy for Kelman and less about Beyonce, who I like. And I think this album was cool. Um, I'm definitely not like in the reverence camp that a lot of my peers yeah. appear to be on, where like we believe that. Beyonce is like a goddess I mean like this album is like sonically like impeccable like there's so many things that are really cool like some of the disco tracks I think like I fucking love disco so I love them 
Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'll get canceled for not thinking she's my personal <laughs> I <think> goddess. So. <laughs> I, I would hope not. That would be pretty. That would be pretty um, mild reason to get canceled. Yeah, I'm also not. I mean, I can appreciate what Beyonce does, but I'm not like listening to her album the minute it drops, or you know, I'm just, I just, I don't know. I mean, part of it is I just, I listen to Latin music. That's pretty much where I'm at these days. But, um, but yeah, I can appreciate, you know, also just like the lyrics of the song. You know, she's just so unapologetically like, I'm the shit. You know, <laughs> like yeah, which I think is I pretty incredible. You know, for a black woman who's just had such a meteoric career you know I'm like yeah you are the shit dude like no one can really no one can really compete with that statement you know like there's nothing wrong well, with that. and what I love about that is what this song I think will do for people right I think that like people like take this on I think that what Beyonce does for people is like you take that on and you're just like okay like I'm gonna listen to this song and I'm gonna believe this about myself which you know that's great I love yeah. that I love that for everybody right right it gives people that yeah inspiration yeah. Especially black women. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. But so, I mean, to me, the most interesting thing about the Beyonce album is like the credits of like who else is involved, right? Like, because for like the level of production, this is like, this is not like Beyonce in a room making choices. This is no. like an entire team of people that like bring her like really incredibly well developed, like sound boards and mood boards and like, you know, like all these things. And she's just like, you know, like, she's picking the people on her team, but, like, there's, like, a lot of people that are, like, involved in executing a creative vision of this caliber, um, and she's definitely, like, leading it, but it's a gargantuan effort, right? Oh, yeah. And, um, and so I, um, I'm curious how, how, like, Kelman Duran got in the, in the mix, but I'm always, I'm always, like, checking, like, the credits and seeing, like, okay, like, who produced this? Like, who did you bring on to do that? Like, um, I think that that is, like, some of the most interesting things for me because of, like, of this, like, sort of, like, level of, um, of work, what is, um, requires so many hands and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always interested in, who's who's behind some of that beyond behind what we give you know like Beyonce the credit for which of course she deserves a credit you know like she's like you know putting together this whole thing but right but to me it's so funny to me the album sounded like um like poppy juice you know like it sounds mm. like a queer party you know mm. like it doesn't um it's interesting that um a lot of folks are like, oh, Beyonce's bringing house back or like, you know, Drake's bringing house back. And it's just like house never left. You right. know, like if you go to like queer black spaces, it's like right. very present. It's been ever present. Um, right. Right. Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, I'm just like who on Beyonce's team is a regular at Boppy Juice. I know <laughs> there's got to be a few. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're bringing this back to an audience that that hasn't been tuned into it you know all this time yeah 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 so yeah it's dope it's cool i i listened to it and i was happy that i did yeah definitely don't think there's any reason to cancel you (laughs) (laughs) good 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 um all right so my last song for this the main part of this episode was a really surprising moment i was not expecting this so let's take a listen this is new evie queen it's called candy
que me extrañas no te hace poco hombre Tú matas poco a poco todo lo que estoy sintiendo Tú te esconden un disfraz y sabes que eso no es eterno Sigues aquí en mi corazón, solo sé sinceramente tú Tengamos la conversación que el alma necesita Brindemos por esa emoción que me acompaña cuando todo Facilita el desahogo, oh baby ¿Quién dijo que era fácil olvidar? Probablemente no ha sufrido nada ¿Quién dijo que era fácil olvidar? Probablemente no ha sabido And it's bachata. <laughs> yeah, a little bachatica de la, I, de la reina. Yeah, I was not expecting this. I don't think she's done bachata before, but don't quote me on that. Maybe I'm missing something. Um, but yeah, it was so unexpected. It was also like I was like having trouble sleeping, so I was working on this at like almost two o'clock in the morning, and I was listening, and I had to send it to Vero, being like, "This is bachata, right?" Because I was just <laughs> really not expecting it. Um, And sometimes I doubt my own ability to assess genres, which is a thing I need to work on in therapy, probably. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is a little bachatica from Evie Queen. Yeah, this seems like it started off sort of trachata, and right. then like it went like to like a little bit more traditional, which I was like, okay. She's definitely, you know, like again, like worked with Looney Tunes and like had a lot of like bachata guitars in her reggaeton okay. beats, like in a yeah. lot of her classics, you know. Yeah. Um, but this feels like a little bit more like okay, like this is una bachata. Right. Yeah. One of the ways I try to, if I'm trying to figure out something about bachata, is I try to dance to it, which is a good way to think about the time, you know, the beat, right? Like whether it's got that sort of what is the word rhythm that you know is very classic to bachata, but. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know why she decided to venture. I mean, I guess I see what you're saying with the connection. But yeah, this definitely has a different sound. This is not an urbano track. You know, this is not reggaeton, right? This is definitely something different. I yeah, would say. yeah. But Evie, you know, Evie stays doing different things. So yeah, I um, it's a little unexpected. But to me, I'm just like, oh yeah, sure, this makes sense to me. Yeah, you know? yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, I did like it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited also because mañana, so we're recording this on Wednesday, and tomorrow is um, Romeo Santos's new album is dropping, and he hasn't mm -hmm. only released one single. He's been very secret about the whole thing. So I'm excited to see what what bachata is coming out um, from him tomorrow because his last album was Utopia, which was like a fucking amazing masterpiece. So yeah, I don't no know pressure. That you could talk no pressure. That. I know. I know. So I stay know. tuned. Well, Hopefully. just because like I, I like love like the old school bachata. I know, I know. It's and it's um, not that. Apparently, just and it's Timberlake. not that. This is just gonna be like him doing his thing. But you know, yeah. people love Romeo. It's gonna be all over, and I can't, I can't wait to, yeah. to hear it. You know, and there apparently, might be a couple classics come out of it. Who knows? And apparently, Justin Timberlake makes an appearance, which is really unexpected. I heard about this. An interesting. I heard about this. Yeah. So we'll I see. feel like there might be something about Justin Timberlake's voice that is sort of well suited for bachata, actually. Yeah, but yeah. We I'm shall curious. See. I'm curious to see. How <laughs> Stay tuned for more. Okay, 
tell us about your last pick for the main episode. My last pick is by Tonga Conga featuring Mabiland. This song is called Diablo. Let's take a listen. Conga is a new project from Raul Sotomayor, who is a producer and one half of the Mexican band Sotomayor, which is a band that we somehow have yeah. not brought. I was yeah. like Googling, um, I was like looking on our like archive for like on our like Google Drive, you know, for Sotomayor, mm-hmm. and all I could find was like Supreme Court related things. <laughs> so right. I don't think we have brought them before, Mm-mm. but no, I, I like I them. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should y- y'all should check them out. Um, but uh, this is his um, his project on his own. He just put out an album called Heavy, like spelled J E V I, um, which I adore that spelling. Um, and then as well, there's a queer party called Heavy with that mm. same spelling. Um, but anyway, the album is pretty dope. I really like it. Um, and it has a lot of collaborations from folks that we really love, like Mula and um, Imasol and Asento, who are all people that we've brought before. Um, but I love this song featuring Colombian rapper Mabiland, who we have not brought before, and I'm glad we have the opportunity to do so now. Um, she is uh, a queer rapper from Choco in Colombia, which is the same place that Chukwip Town is from, like that same like area mm. of Colombia that's like on the coast, very um, a very like Afro descended and Afro dominant area of Colombia. Um, but she's based in Medellin these days. Um, so. Um, and she's also queer, you know, she's, you know, lots of queer repping on today's episode. Um, but I really liked her album, Niñas Rotes, from last year. Check it out if you're interested in um, more from Mabiland. But um, I, I really liked this track. I liked the I like the album. It's it's a cool, different, um, very sort of like housey um, in some parts um, album. Um but I would definitely check the project out. It's it's really cool. Yeah, I like the sound of this. 
Yeah, it's sort of like it's it's a nice it's a nice vibe for an evening. I would say like put it on, make your dinner, yeah. drink your wine. So up next is our member segment. If you um, aren't a member, you your episode won't include that. But as a little pitch to remember that we have a membership program. It's only five dollars a month, and with that, you get to support Redmania and you get to hear a special members-only segment on every episode. So if you're curious about that, check out the link in our bio to consider becoming a member. Yeah, join us. So thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We had a lot to go into this time. This was like a meaty one. I know, yeah. I know. We sort of had a lot to chat about. Yeah. As always, all the info about the songs is on our show notes at RileyMania.com. And you can follow us on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter. And don't forget to follow our newsletter. Thanks so much to Maite for your editing help. And we will see you all next week. Hasta la próxima, y'all. Pina. <laughs>